It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. It's time for episode 229 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This week is our equivalent of a doubleheader, and both are from Insane Comics. If you want to learn more about their excellent product, go to insanecomics.com. We start off with Brian Berg, who works with Wade Price on Ghost, a great little comic that I've come to like recently. Then we turn to Michael McNaughton, the creator of GX, a fascinating series that has a lot going on. And one thing I want to make sure to mention is that there's a Kickstarter going on for GX. So go to kickstarter.com and support Michael there. It's a great book, and both these titles really deserve your attention and your support. So insanecomics.com to find out more about both Ghost and GX. There's a lot to get to, so let's get to it. Welcome to the podcast, Brian Berg, one of the creators of Ghost, an obscure origin from Insane Comics. Issue number one is out. How are you doing today, Brian? I'm doing pretty good. Good, good. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's good to talk with you. I like the book real well. There's several things about it that I'm really fascinated by. And I noticed that you're on Facebook, and I was looking over your Facebook page. I noticed that you had a link on there to think about urban legends. And, of course, the story about Ghost is there's basically an urban legend in Crescent City, Louisiana. And he kind of goes after the worst of the worst. How did you, and, of course, your co-creator in the book is Wade Price. So how did you guys come up with the story? Was it an interest in urban legends? Well, to be perfectly honest, most of the story and the character himself, that is uh, Wade's brainchild. So a lot of that's on him. He brought me in to help write because he thought my writing style would be really great Mm. and we could make a killer team Mm. great great did you guys know each other before vaguely (laughs) i kind of feel bad saying this Mm -hmm. for a long time i used to write a one piece fan fiction online and i used to do it for years and i used to draw in a crowd of people like myself was apparently surprisingly really popular with my original characters and stuff Mm -hmm. and wade like a lot of the others that followed my story, he got inspired to do it. And at some point, <laughs> you get so many people following you, you just kind of be like, okay, yeah, it's nice to have a friend and all mm-hmm. that stuff. It was kind of <laughs> off to the side. I, I felt bad. But over time, after I left that and I tried writing real stories and novels, mm-hmm. I started up a new fan thing just for kicks. Mm-hmm. It was inspired by that animated series, Young Justice, oh. based off the comic. I just had a random itch to make my own comic hero kind of person, and then my friends got into that, and one of them was Wade, and Mm -hmm. that eventually led to me working with him on uh, Ghost. Mm -hmm. Really good. Now, of course, you've written fan stuff, which is, you know, it's not a bad thing. That's not to say that all the fan stuff is always the most brilliant or, or, or the worst, but it's a good start as a writer to do those kinds of things and get writing. Oh, for sure. And doing things like that. I've got to ask, since now you've actually made a comic, how did you get into comics? Have you been a fan of comic books for a long time? My uh, comic history is off and on. The very first time I got into comics that I'm aware of, Mm -hmm. I was probably five or six years old. We were living in Louisiana at the time. Hmm. We were living in Ruston. Mm Mm-hmm. And I remember being in a car ride home from the store one evening, and my sister, my oldest sister, mm-hmm. she hands me this comic book. It's a, an issue of Nightwing. Mm. And I was surprised because I didn't quite understand what was going on, you know, young guy and all. Mm-hmm. And she said she got it for me just as a gift. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I had no idea who Nightwing was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
And it was still pretty vivid because I still have it somewhere, although it's pretty tattered. Mm-hmm. And then off and on through my life, I got other ones. Like I got this issue of uh, Spider-Man. It's a two-story where he's with the Hulk. Mm-hmm. And then in another part of the story, he's teaming up with Doctor Strange to fight against Dracula, which is actually one of my most favorite stories out there. Mm. I got in a few comics off and on, like Curse of Spawn. That mm-hmm. was my first real diving into horror comics because mm-hmm. I saw some dead guys in the afterlife i'm like what is this it is awesome Mm -hmm. but in high school it was kind of a rough time because it was about the time the ultimate marvel universe kicked off Mm -hmm. and i was trying to get into it Mm -hmm. and some people just made my life a living hell with comics and i just kind of buried that away and Mm -hmm. i didn't bother with it just to be left alone it wasn't until a few years back that I really got into comics kind of as a, I don't want to say a security blanket, more like a, some kind of a comfort thing mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had a pretty big shock of my life, and I turned to comics again because I could now relate to one of the biggest icons out there. So mm. since then, i just kind of been into it again. Oh, that's cool. Now, when you said that they made your life a living hell, was that because they didn't like you reading comics? I don't know. You know how kids are, mm-hmm. especially in high school. They're, they just be total jackasses. I'm sorry if I'm not supposed to curse, but That's okay. um, I just had a rough time. I guess I was an easy target. I've, mm. For most of my life, I've been a chunky kid. Mm-hmm. Glasses, temper problems. I was pretty much in a, the epitome of a nerd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, I can relate to that, to be honest with you. I was a chunky kid growing up as well. And I, I can relate to you how you got into comics. My sister had bought a Batman annual when I was really small. It was in the cellar of the house. And one day I went down there, and I picked it up, and I started reading. I'll never forget the story. It was Batman was in England, and he was trying to protect this castle. And he built a frame upon which was like a glider. And he was going through the air, gliding around the castle to make sure it was safe. And, you know, Frank Miller said one time he picked up a comic book, it was like a Batman story, and when he started to read, he fell in. I loved huh. that whole concept of it, and that's exactly what happened to me. I was there, and all of a sudden, I was like, what's this? I've got to find more of this. <laughs> and to this day, Batman is still my favorite character. Oh, for sure. And things like that. So it's kind of interesting. I don't have the writing skills that you do and other people do. So my thing is more of evaluating what other people have done. I would love to be able to come up with surprises and stuff like that in the writing, but it's not in me. That's not my talent. And it's great. I always love the creative process and things like that. So as you do those kinds of things, it's kind of funny, though, that you went through some difficult times. And it's like comics and it's like TV and things like that. When you come across a a medium that speaks to you and it gives you some sort of comfort or some sort of escape, as it were, you get to do those things. And, you know, you find your talent in there sometimes, just like you did when it comes to writing. Yeah, it's completely, it's unbelievable how something as simple as a comic could, like, change your life in the biggest way. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to me. Now, do you read comics now? Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. I don't get an opportunity to get them a whole lot, right. but since a few years back, when I returned to it, I've gotten a somewhat healthy collection of New 52 comics, mostly some Superman, Swamp Thing, particularly Jonah Hex. Love Jonah Hex. Okay. I've got some Batman stuff, some old Marvel and collections like Marvel Horror with Brother Voodoo mm-hmm. and a big book of Punisher. Big mm. Punisher fan. Mm. Have you watched the Daredevil? Oh, yes. Okay, okay. What did you think? Gotta ask. Oh, I loved it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I wasn't sure about John Bernthal being the Punisher right. because I have seen the other Punisher adaptations. I've seen the Dolph Lundgren one, which right. wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. I've seen the Ray Stevenson one in Warzone, mm-hmm. but my favorite at the time would have to be Thomas Jane, because mm-hmm. he was like really good. I even watched that film he made, that Dirty Laundry one on mm-hmm. YouTube. I watched that a lot, and I wasn't sure what to expect, because I know John Bernthal from The Walking Dead. But I was actually really pleasantly surprised at what they did with him, and I love mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, horror feeds into the comic. And stuff. You said that Wade came up with a lot of the concept. What was your role in the book? Did you, were you with, like a guy I am, sometimes a sounding board? How did this whole thing come? When it came to writing, did you handle the script? What did you do as far as Ghost is concerned? The basic idea mostly came from Wade. I came up with some concepts, but we went back and forth and we eliminated some ideas. Mm-hmm. With the writing process, I had never written a comic before mm-hmm. Ghost. Mm-hmm. And I'm mostly stuck with short stories or novels. Mm-hmm. And I tried researching how to do 
comics and everything. And after we would talk about ideas, we would lay out what we want in each issue. And I try writing out a script, like the panels and what panel does what mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm usually a disorganized kind of guy. Usually mm-hmm. I just write down a few notes and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I guess I took one advice or example to heart because I would draw out each page panel setup and everything on graph paper. Mm -hmm. And I would just imagine what would be going on in my head. Mm -hmm. And then I would just write down the script saying, in this page, there is a splash page. Or in this next page, there's like eight different panels, all different sizes. And I would go into detail what's happening in each panel. Mm -hmm. Because I noticed you follow that pattern in the comic. You've got like a diamond on one page that has the center stuff in the middle, and then there's stuff around it going on. So you've got a variety of layouts. As far oh, as yeah, I remember things. that page. <laughs> yeah, because you've got all different kinds of stuff. Was that, as being the first time that you were doing this, were you kind of experimenting? Were you trying to see what works as far as, particularly as far as Ghost goes? Yeah, I was giving it a shot because my first time I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Mm hmm. And I just figured, well, what could it hurt? Mm-hmm. We'll see how it looks. Mm-hmm. And it did a good job, I thought. So your thing was to lay out. But did you give like the artist how you wanted the pages to look? Oh, actually, I wasn't really sure about that. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, how to look exactly, because I just had basic ideas in my head, and I just made little notes in the script. And mm-hmm. uh, it was pretty much my role. I just write the script and how it looks and Bob, he's an amazing artist. He brought it in a way that was very surprising, but also very pleasant to see. Mm-hmm. Now, how did you guys come up, uh, you know, work with Bob? Was he another one of your fans online? How did this, or one of your friends online? Did you approach him to do this? Were you friends already? How did you do that? I had known about Bob, well, not on a social sense, mm-hmm. but I had known of his work for commissions and fan work, and a couple of my friends in the circle of ours. They had commissioned pictures of our characters from the Young Justice series we started up for, mm-hmm. for fun. Mm-hmm. And they even did a honorary gift piece for me for my fanfiction that started the whole mess years ago mm-hmm. featuring my character. And so I knew a lot about him and his art. Mm-hmm. But I think it was Wade who approached him and thought, dude, your art is awesome. Will you want to work with us on a comic? Mm-hmm. Cool. So Ghost as a character, if somebody was to ask you what the book is about, uh, like a TV guide description, what would you say Ghost is to people who don't know about the comic? Uh, let's see hmm. if I could say this without trying it. Because I, since I've never done this, I'm trying to figure out a way to say stuff without mm-hmm. spoiling. Mm-hmm. Ghost is, in short but sweet, a series about this city it's really screwed up i mean it looks fine on the outside and everything Mm -hmm. but at some part of its core it's seriously rotten and everything and ghost this urban legend it goes around doing what has to be done but no one else would do it Mm -hmm. and there's all kinds of challenges along the way and just some really screwed up stuff Mm -hmm. as i mentioned before he kind of goes around the, the really worst of the worst he seems to take out so he's, oh, for sure. So he's very much of a... Well, he's kind of like Batman to an extreme. Yeah. You know, or more Punisher that. to an extreme, if, if that's possible. Yeah. I've always yeah compared him to the Punisher without the guns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, the thing that's interesting about it in the first book, I don't think it's spoiling too much to say that we're not exactly sure who or what he is by the end of the comic. Because a lot of the times when we get a new character in a comic, we'll often see a oh, secret identity and good things like that, Batman and Bruce yeah. Wayne and stuff. And this one, we're left not exactly sure what the story is with Ghost. And uh, my imagining is that as you go along, you guys are going to unfold a lot of these things. Oh, yeah. We, we'll, we'll get more into that as the issues go on. But we see things through the eyes of one particular gang. They're called the Carriers. Yeah. And when you guys developed the gang, were they red shirts like in Star Trek? Were they here to be fodder? <laughs> How did this happen? What, what was their purpose as far as getting us to know what was going on in the city and with Ghost? Well, Wade, he was telling me about what he wanted to introduce, mm-hmm. like the um, set up the gang and their boss plague. And it took some time to come up with the name Carriers. Mm-hmm. But we figured that if we're going to show ghosts the way he is supposed to be, then just, yeah, pretty much make uh, the first batch of carriers red shirts be like, okay, 
you guys, you set up just how bad the city is and everything, and just when you don't expect it, here comes your death from above. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is, is the newest of the bunch, he sees a chance to escape Ghost, and uh, let's just say that there's what looks to be the opposite number for Ghost is there. It shows up in this way, and it's a really interesting character. He's got like a scythe, so he's kind of like death in that way. Oh, yeah. And I like the drawing of him. He's got a hoodie on, and he's got sort of a pentagram around his neck. And so he's very different from Ghost in that way, that they're like a comparison. We don't see anything in Ghost that looks like Skinner's on me as like a mask on. Just like, interestingly enough, the gang had masks on just as much as he did. He has, but his covers his whole head, and we don't see anything that isn't covered. So we're not sure if it really is a ghost, or is this just his name? We don't know about that. But the other guy we see, we know he's human, basically, because we can see his flesh under and there, and his arms and his chest and, and, you know, parts of his face. Yeah, you can even see him smile. Yeah, which is in kind of in a wicked way, <laughs> to be honest. And the thing that's interesting about it is they seem to be opposite numbers in that way. And I'm sure, again, this is something you'll display as time goes along. So how did you guys come up with the characters? Is this Wade's thing? Did you... Ah, uh, this, again, this was Wade's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he had a fair number of stuff in his head when uh, he approached me to work on Ghost. Mm-hmm. Very good. So what was your contribution as far as stuff like that? When, when it came to the story, were there things that you in particular provided to Wade and, and to make the book the way it is? This particular issue, or do you mm-hmm. mean like in general? Well, both. Well, I don't remember much of this particular issue because it was it was quite a while back, and my memory can play tricks on me at times. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> but in general, I've uh, helped him come up with uh, quite a few interesting plot ideas for story arcs mm-hmm. and uh, character details, mm-hmm. and some interesting characters too for right. that have yet to be revealed. Good, good. Well, you know, the first issue, of course, is us getting to know everything, the situation and the characters. And I think it's a great start. I really like it. I want to talk a little bit about the art because he tends to draw faces in kind of an anime style. Yeah, he does. Which I like. It it adds a little bit of flavor to it. It's kind of interesting. And the coloring. Now, did Bob do the coloring as well as the drawing of the art? As far as I know, Bob does everything art. Mm -hmm. He does the drawing. He does the penciling, inking, coloring. That's all him. Mm Mm-hmm. Because the initial page is sort of interesting. It's kind of a grayscale with a little yellow around. There's like a crescent moon in the background, of course, for Crescent City. And we see statues of gargoyles and cities and things like that. But it's mostly gray, which I really like because it gets into it. Now, the, the deceptive part, it makes it almost looks like the book's going to be black and white, but it isn't. You've got shadings of reds and blues in there as well. And so when you go along with the book, the use of color is really interesting. People are highlighted while sometimes things are in the dark and we can't quite see what's in the shadows, which I liked. And I will say one thing, his portrayal of the violence is really graphic, so I would say no kids on this book. Oh, but, for sure, uh, no. But yeah, there's all kind of ways that they, let's just say that there's a, a creative ways of killing various people. Yeah, that was actually uh, fun for me to think of. A lot of that came from me. Oh, wow. Yeah, because he did... I, 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 just, I just like a lot of violent movies out there, and I'm a big horror fan, so I was like, okay, what in your brain have you seen that you would like to add some originality to it? And I just figured, screw it, let my dark writer just go all out, okay. let, let him tell me what to write. Okay, now, you were saying it's been a while since Ghost Number 1 came out. Do you remember about when that, that hit? Ah, uh, dang. So it's been a uh, while, okay. Yeah, it's... Time blurs for me at okay. times. Okay. Now, speaking of which, issue one now, of course, is available at Insane Comics. You can go to the website and go to their store, and you can get the digital or, or print copy. Looks like yes. on there. So are you guys working on issue number two? Oh, yeah. Up until a point a while back before we uh, started working with Insane, we had actually gotten to the point, not art style, but... We had actually gotten to a point of writing out a total of five issues in mm. script form, so we got a few to fill out later on. Good. Well, of course, it's good to plan ahead because then you have a better idea as to what should happen, and you can like lay clues and stuff for us, which is always a good thing. Oh yeah. As far as that, so it sounds like you've got five issues in mind in the like the first arc. I don't know about the first arc, but that's what we got so far. Okay. Now. I've got to ask, how did you get your book to Insane Comics? How did that happen? Did you guys 
meet somebody from Insane and then give them a script or give them the issue? How did you guys put this together and make it happen with Insane Comics? Honestly, again, that was all Wade. He's always okay. been like the um, outreach business type of person with this thing. I'm just the screwed up guy who writes really disgusting things. Okay. okay. Um, but I think he approached them and okay. uh, offered them to look at the series so far. Okay. And one thing led to another, and here we are. What's it like to have your very first comic book out there now? It's Because uh, as a fan, it's the ultimate thing for most fans to be able to have their own book what was it like when you finally got it in print in your hands what was that like well before the mice in my house chewed through like six pages of the first half of the book it was yeah that was my fault it was absolutely unbelievable because Mm -hmm. for the past five maybe six years or so i've been trying to get some of my uh, work and stories published and mm-hmm. I've only been able to self-publish on Amazon mm-hmm. but to have actually something you created mm-hmm. and something you put your blood, sweat and tears and time mm-hmm. into and you hold it in your hand you can actually look at what you did it's mind-numbing it's like is this really happening? Mm-hmm. Very cool Very cool. so Chris now that you've got the first one done what, is it making it easier to write on the, the other issues that are coming up? Oh yeah Mm-hmm yeah, I got into the groove mm-hmm. when we uh, were writing, when we started writing the other issues. I was like, you know what? I'm getting used to this. Let's, let's turn this out, baby. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Now, of course, you've got this under your belt, and you said you've got other ideas. Are they coming to fruition as well? Are there projects that you're working on that you can talk about? I think I can talk about this one. Okay. Um, right now, we also have this little side project stuff for mm-hmm. anthology comics and mm-hmm. insane. I'm, I'm not sure which books we have for insane. <laughs> Okay, okay. (laughs) But we're doing stuff for anthology series, and Mm -hmm. mostly, right now, the horror stuff. And we're going to introduce a new member of our universe. Um, Because everyone has their own little universe. Like, Mm -hmm. Marvel has the Marvelverse, DC has that huge multiverse thing. Mm -hmm. We call ours the Kage Realm. Like, Kage is Japanese for shadow, so it's like the shadow realm, our own shadow universe. Mm -hmm. We're going to introduce a new character for hopefully he'll pick up his own series that I've been uh, developing for four years mm-hmm. or short stories and whatnot. He is pretty much a monster hunter. Mm. And his name is Alex Chase, and he's like all kinds of screwed up. But he's like a really interesting character who goes out and goes after the monsters that lurk around. And he has a really interesting backstory. He's got his own cast supporting characters mm-hmm. planned ahead. And he's, it's just really amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as Insane goes, is Ghost part of the Insane universe, or is Ghost in its own universe? How does that work? Well, I, <laughs> I'm i not too clear on that myself, okay. um, because as far as I knew, when we started Ghost as part of our own thing at Kage Comics, it'd be like our own little thing. But then Wade started saying that we could do crossover material, like with my Monster Hunter. Mm-hmm. Funny enough... Wade is actually responsible in a lot of ways for that as well. He actually helped save that character. Really? Yeah, but as far as I know, we got some potential crossovers, and I can't help but wonder, so is this part of our universe? Are we part of their universe? What's going on? Or is this just like non-canon stuff? We'll just like double make cry kind of mm-hmm. thing. It's like throw caution to the wind. We'll do whatever. Yeah, well, you know, it's like uh, it could be like Flash and Supergirl. That they're in different universes, but within ah. the same galaxy or something like that. Yeah, very true. You're going to do all those kinds of things. It'll just depend on the story, what elements you pick and choose from each other. Yeah. So it's good stuff. Well, you've got a lot of good things, and you guys have put out a great comic. It's called Ghost. It is from Insane Comics. You can get it, again, on the store, on the website. Do you know, is this available? Are there other places that it's available? And another question, too. Do you go to the conventions with Insane? Oh, no, I've never been to a convention. I never had the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you know, hopefully but, that'll um, happen. But the, as for the availability, I'm pretty sure Ghost is also available on Comixology. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that'll be good because Comixology is a good place to have it, as I like to tell people. In Comixology, your book, Ghost, has the same amount of shelf space as Action Comics does. Yeah. <laughs> so you're up there, and you you have reached that level where you are exactly like that. And I always think that's a great thing. There's a lot of books that, as I've gone through Comixology, I picked out because I just like the look of it, you know, and I, I'd never seen it before. So I think Comixology is a great place to have your stuff up. So that's great. Oh, definitely. Good stuff. Good stuff. So 
Well, as you were telling me before we started record, Brian, this has been your first podcast interview, so you did great, and I look forward to hearing you on other podcasts in the future. Yeah. Maybe we'll talk again. Maybe we'll get Wade on, and maybe next time we'll have the both of you, and we'll talk about Ghost again. Do you know when Ghost Number 2 is scheduled to come out? How far are you guys into it? I don't know when it's due to be released, but I do know Bob is working on illustrating the script as we speak. Mm, great. So issue number two is not far away. And again, although you haven't had a chance to read many of them, I'm just getting into the Insane Comics universes. So we'll see what other books are out there because there's a lot of good things. And I wish you much success, Brian. Uh, you Thank and you. do good stuff on Ghost. And I look forward to issue number two when it comes. So I'll keep my ear to the ground and make sure I get to read it. And hopefully I'll get to write a review for the website when I do that. Looking forward to that. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy, and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man, I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed, but as a symbol. Get the latest from the comics universe. News, interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics. Welcome to the podcast, Michael McNaughton, the creator of GX, an insane comic series that I'm recently getting to know, and it's a pleasure to talk with you, Michael. How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, pleasure to be here. Great. Now, talk to me a little bit, because I asked you a little bit before we started to record that this is your first comic. Yes, this is the first comic that I have written and done the artwork completely for. I've got a little bit of background with other insane creators doing cover work for them and a little bit of filling work here and there. But yes, this is my first book. Okay, great. Now, it's called GX. Why is it called GX? Guardians 10. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Just a, a short way of saying it. When I came up with the series, mm -hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy had just came out. I had actually came up with this before Guardians of the Galaxy, but they beat me to it, and they were like, Guardian, you know, the movie-wise. And um, so it was so popular, I really didn't want to bite off of their name. Right. And so I'm like, I said, what am I going to do? Okay, I'll just call it Guardians X, you know, Guardians mm -hmm. 10. And mm -hmm. then another comic creator beat me to the punch and <laughs> put out a book called Guardians. Mm -hmm. So I was toying around with it and just looking at the letters GX one day and decided to make a logo, and it was GX from that point. Well, it sounds very artsy to call it GX. I really like that title. So it's pretty cool. I, I actually like the way to do it. I mean, are you doing the lettering and the coloring? You, I know you're doing the writing and the creating and the, and the basic artwork. Is this your whole project, everything that you're the guy that does this whole thing? Yes. Yes. Wow. Uh, top to bottom, start to finish, concept wow. art to finish colors, finish lettering, wow. everything. Although, Boy, that's a project. It really is. It really is. Although the lettering part, I'm getting better at it. Mm -hmm. I actually think for issue two, I'm going to look into a couple of letters that I see on Facebook quite often. Okay. That have done work for DC and a bunch of other insane titles and pretty popular guys. So. Okay. If you need somebody, let me know. There's a letterer I know because I, my roommate has created an indie comic called Stabity Bunny, and he's doing also Wild Bull and Chipper and another one called Storm Pirates. And he has a letterer that he tends to use. And if if you need that, we can always put you guys in touch. If, if that sounds like a, sound, yeah, definitely be interested in meeting him or looking at his work. Okay. Now, where did your concept come from for GX? You're a sci-fi fan, fantasy fan. Yeah, sci-fi, fantasy, pretty much. Uh, I'll be 40 in uh, about a month. Mm. So this has kind of been like a lifelong thing for me. When mm. I was 10, 11, 12, I was putting out comic books, stapling them together, me and my friends. I would draw my friends, and we were a team, and et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where it started. And mm -hmm. some of the villains, actually, I created back in 1986. Wow. The main villain, actually, the main bad guy. His name is Koron, mm -hmm. and then we have Naya and the Enforcer. They came later, but he's 30 years old, mm -hmm. creeping up on 40, man. It's like, wow, where, where did the time go? <laughs> oh, don't worry. Wait till you get farther along. I'm farther along than that, so don't worry. It, it'll... 
So it gets better and it gets worse. <laughs> so the rest of the characters are a mix of characters I've created. I, I've had so many different books that I created before the age of 18 out of 8 by 11 blank paper, stapling it together, et cetera, et cetera. And that's basically each title. I had a vigilante. I had a guy from Creatures to Kill. I mean, I kind of morphed these guys into the GX team and mm-hmm. have started everything over. Um, but these are really a lot of my old characters. My main character, Silveron, is a character from the late 80s that I created playing Dungeons & Dragons. Mm-hmm. And, uh, advancing him through the levels of Dungeons & Dragons in the late 80s, early 90s. And finally, I said, you know what, this guy, sh- I should make him into a comic. So mm-hmm. That's cool, because I wondered when I was reading the book, there, it had sort of a gaming feel to it. So I wondered if you were a gamer in there. Yeah, yes, definitely. And Dungeons & Dragons is probably the very first role-playing game I ever played, and I was kind of hooked at a young age and uh, into creative writing, and uh, obviously I was an artist. So it's kind of cool all these years later to finally get to put all that together and have some fun with it. Mm-hmm. Now, why don't you give us the TV Guide version of what GX is about? Well, GX is basically about 10 unlikely heroes chosen to save our universe. Mm-hmm. If you saw it in TV Guide, that's what it would say under it. But getting a little deeper into that, it's a pretty deep story. It's 36 issues long, hmm. completely written out, start to finish. I don't have the art for the entire series done. I actually am at probably at about 10% total series hmm. uh, as far as the artwork goes. But the story is completely written. And for me, it's a big achievement. And it was a big relief to finish it. Hmm. And it was pretty, I don't know, it was pretty emotional for me. I actually cried hmm. writing the last four pages of the script. <laughs> It's pretty tough, but... I have to share a story with you real quickly. I was with a group of friends, and we were writing Star Trek fan film scripts. Uh-huh. And I had this concept in my head for the longest time, like for years it lived up there. And then we started to write it. And when I got to the end and we wrote the last thing of it, there was this really weird rush that I felt. Like this thing that had been trapped inside of me for these years suddenly was gone out of there. And I, it was just, some writers say they get that. You know, you had a little different, you had a more of an emotional reaction than I did, but it's something that you can't help but it's a part of you that is suddenly now on paper or on the computer or something like that. So it, it, it must have been some kind of experience to go through that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It really was. At the time I was married, I'm divorced now. Mm. So it was a totally different world. Mm. And after I finished it, I finally got to the point, I was like, I need to put this on paper. Mm. I need to make this, bring this to life, bring this into a comic book. And, and here it is. Finally, three years later... Here we are. How long did it take you to put it down on paper? You said you've been thinking about this thing for years. I mean, it was a decades. Well, uh, you know, I was I pretty much had a different life when I was married. Mm-hmm. I was a construction superintendent. Mm-hmm. I didn't have time for anything. I really didn't. Mm-hmm. I was working 60, 70 hours a week. Wow. It was crazy. I hadn't drawn in 10, 15 years. Wow. I, I tried out for Marvel, DC, Image, late 90s, and never heard anything back. Mm. Uh, you know, there was no Facebook, there was no internet, there were no podcasts mm-hmm. back then. Mm-hmm. Everything was pretty much, you know, by mail. This is how they're going to contact you, phone, whatever. But when I created a Facebook page, and within three weeks of putting my artwork up there, I was getting contacted by writers and publishers and different people wanting me to do their work. And cool. even now in the Facebook era, that's, mm-hmm. that was when I was like, you know what, I need to give this a go. Mm-hmm. So that was three years ago. So I'm kind of happy where I'm at. You know, I still got a long mm-hmm. ways to go, but it's oh, a yeah. process. Now, of course, now you, now you had you got the script all written. Sounds like before you started on the art. Yes. And how how long did it take? You said was it three years? You're saying that it took you to put the art of the first issue together? Well, after I completed the entire script of the 36 issues, mm-hmm. and then completed issue one script, broken down page by page, panel by panel, et cetera, et cetera. The typical comic book format. Mm-hmm. I started drawing, and I drew the first 12 pages of GX. Mm-hmm. And then I started coloring it. Mm. Well, I was looking into self-publishing, so I was like, you know what, let me hold off on this. So I kind of, even though everything was written, the script was there, I had the first 12 pages drawn and the first 12 pages colored. I decided mm-hmm. to wait. And mm. so I got my skills a little better. I hadn't drawn in 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. And coloring was new to me. Coloring on a computer is crazy new to me. So I had to practice. I was kind of happy with the first 12 pages, so I left it as was as far as the coloring was. I did go back later and remaster a little bit of it, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. off of the stuff I had learned. Mm-hmm. So 
end of 2014, I started drawing it again and drew out along with the other covers and other work I was doing and worked on that at the same time. And then right here at the end of 2015, I finished coloring because my skills had gotten better. So mm -hmm. I colored the last 12, went back and did some adjustments on the other stuff. And mm -hmm. I'm very happy with the last 12 pages colors-wise. But mm -hmm. I'm really excited about going into issue number two with the way issue number one ended and how the coloring skills are starting to advance. Mm -hmm. i got to ask, of course, every time I talk to somebody who's doing a comic for the very first time, did you get print copies of this? Yes, I got three creators' copies from my publisher, Insane uh -huh. Comics. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they send you three creators' copies for every, cool. you know. And then I had about 20 sent to me, and we put them in a local store, and I had a comic book signing, and et cetera, et cetera. Cool. And I have over 15 that will be showing up tomorrow just for free comic book day. Oh. And then I got another 50 right behind that coming for Tidewater Comic Con at the end of the month. Cool. Cool. I, I always got to ask, what was it like when all this thing that you had been creating for so long was finally in your hand to be able to look at? What was that experience like? Oh, there was two main feelings, uh, two main thoughts about that. Mm -hmm. Number one, awesome. It, it was awesome <laughs> to have it in my hands, and it, it was probably one of the greatest, greatest feelings I've ever felt. <laughs> and number two was a little bit of a little bit of horror at the same time, a little bit of being scared. It's like, oh, my God, now everybody can see this. You know, I, I hope they like it. You know, so You're right. It doesn't live in your imagination anymore. It lives on where other people can see it. And what's the reaction been as far as that goes? Because as we'll point out more in depth later, you can buy the digital version and paper version from Insane Comics on their store at the Insane Comics website. But as far as, you know, uh, you know, it must be something to get reaction to it now. I, 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 what's the reaction been? Well, the reaction has been positive. I haven't had any negative feedback on it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm my own worst critic, and it's like walking on eggshells every time someone talks about it. That's how I feel it is. It's like I'm just waiting to hear them shoot it down. But pretty much the reactions have been good. Everybody likes it. Mm -hmm. They like the way I left it hanging. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty important, the flow of the story and how to leave the book. I mean, as far as the numbers go, the numbers are pretty good. good. We sold out within six days both times, both print runs, the first two print runs, off of the wow. Insane Comics website, mm. which is uh, no book had done that for Insane Comics to that point. Cool. And at the current point, it was the only book sold out. So that, to me, I was very happy. And that's not counting the stuff that I buy. This is just people buying it. So obviously that was huge for me. That's a huge step for me. I'm not saying I'm one of the top titles at Insane, but having the numbers show that you came out of the gate as one of the top titles and sold out within six days mm -hmm. both times was pretty impressive. So this, Congratulations. I appreciate that. So I've noticed that they've upped their quantity now. Um, in anticipation for that for the next month. So they basically quadrupled the quantity of my book. Wow. So that's, that's great. Now, let's dive into the book a little bit, too, because on the cover, it says nicely 24 pages of action, and you talk about a little bit of what you said before. The 36-issue epic adventure starts here. Yes, yes. And now you've got the girl on the cover. Now, as I read the story, you've got a really interesting premise going on. On one page, it says that the title is... A simple prophecy, but then as you get in, there's another little subtitle or something coming about, The Old Man and the Elf. That's basically just depicting the chapters of the book. Oh, gotcha. The, this is divided in two. Yes, it was a way to separate the first 12 pages because, as I had said before, I did the art mm -hmm. and the lettering and the coloring for the first 12 pages way early. Mm -hmm. And I decided to make that a sneak peek for people. So I offered that up for free and let people mm -hmm. look at it. I'd send them links, et cetera, et cetera, just to get a sneak peek of GX and see the first 12 pages. Mm -hmm. So that is where Old Man and the Elf Part 1 came in. Was mm -hmm. that, that was the first 12 pages. And in 13 through 23 mm -hmm. is Part 2 of that chapter. See, you've got a really interesting thing that's happening. You've got a blind man yeah. who likes to sleep because when he dreams, he can see a world. And, of course, it's the world in which a lot of the action that takes place and I, I was really fascinated by that concept. Was that related on, did you, did you kind of wonder if that's what maybe if somebody who's blind goes through? Or was that something that just kind of hit you out of the blue? 
I had a bunch of characters in place. I had mm-hmm. Silveron, the main elf. He was my main mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. I just had to find a way to tie all of it together. I mean, to tie the boy guardian, and as you'll see in later issues, tie everything together. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Reed really just popped in there. I mean, just mm-hmm. the, I don't know where it came from. It. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of an old man, and it just came that he saw him in his dreams, and I, I thought it would be perfect that he would be blind. He's always mm-hmm. taking sleeping pills, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. trying to stay asleep. Mm-hmm. Because that's mm-hmm. life. But that mm-hmm. once I figured that out, I actually mm-hmm. felt the same as you do. That concept kind of blew me away. I was like, hey, mm-hmm. this is really good. This is a good concept here. This is a perfect way to start this book. So mm-hmm. that's how that came about. It was just a little create brainstorming, brainstorming, sitting in the man cave, watching mm-hmm. something. Who knows? Just <laughs> thinking about comics and all of a sudden it hits you. Bam. Ah. So that, that, it's- yeah, that was pretty cool. I like the creative process. I don't understand it, you know, and yet it works differently with every person. There's a guy in the UK, his name is Cy Deton, and he was watching a documentary about slaughtering pigs. And he came up with a comic story as a result of it. He had the, the guy that was slaughtering pigs, he had like a code, and he was actually, not only did he slaughter pigs, but he was kind of a, an assassin. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, where did you come up with this? I couldn't, for the life of me, I couldn't figure it out. And with another time he was on a subway or something, he's watching an older guy wring his hands. And he came up with a story about the fact that he felt so guilty about what he'd done with those hands that that's why he was constantly wringing them. Yeah, it's, it's funny what can spark creativeness. It's, it's just, Another interesting thing about him is through the book, he's related to your main character, the main guy that's going through this, although he's not the one on the cover. And they... Uh, they realize, the, these two people realize that the other one is there, but they don't understand. Well, uh, Mr. Reed does, but not the elf guy. He doesn't quite understand who it is that's listening to his thoughts. Yes. As we're going through. So that's a really interesting concept to me. It's so fascinating to me to see somebody in a fantasy realm being influenced by somebody in a quote-unquote real. <laughs> yes. You know, I, I can't wait. As I get further along in the series... I cannot wait to go back and write some of Silveron just on Zyteria before the mm. GX thing happens. And even the time where Mr. Reed's first experience, when he goes blind 50 years ago, you know, in the very first experience, the fear, it's like this story has no limits. There are so many branches, so many directions that we can go with this. I need like a team. I need like 100 people to help me with this. It's, I mean, it's, it's I don't know. I'm really excited right now, as you can tell. Uh, so. Well, it's really, it, it's a great job. And I think that, uh, another thing, I always think that this is good for TV or video games or something like that, because it's got that potential to it. It's action-oriented, but that doesn't mean there isn't character things going on. There are. Yes. And very interesting stuff. You know, video games are great, except sometimes it's just the same thing over and over and over and over. But what you've done is you've altered the story as it moves along. Different things happen to different people. So I really liked that. I thought that was really cool when yes, you did that, that. For me, writing uh, issue two, issue three, issue four, when breaking them down panel by panel, character mm-hmm. interaction and character engagement with each other and the situations that they're going to encounter, things that are going to happen – you know, we've got two teenagers on board. We got an alien. We got an elf. We've got all these, just all these different characters, and all their stories are going to intertwine with each other. And mm-hmm. so that, for me, was a big focus: making sure that the characters intertwine and interact. Everything can interact good together and flow good together. Mm-hmm. So that was very important for me. Mm-hmm. Now I've got to ask, of course, on the cover you've got the daughter yes. of Silveron there. Yeah, but. In the book, it's, most of the book focuses on Silveron. Who's going to be one of the ten? Or is that something you don't want to spoil at this point? Is she part of the ten, or is he part of the ten? Is it, or is this something we need to wait to find out? Yes. Book one introduces four of the first ten guardians, which ah. Mr. Reed is one of them. Oh. Uh, Tira, Silveron's daughter, is one of them. Mm-hmm. And at the very end, on page 24 of the epilogue, you mm-hmm. see a spaceship recharging at a star. Mm-hmm. And the alien on board, that's Ronson. His race is the Kai. His race mm-hmm. can live up to 15,000 years, mm-hmm. you know, our years. So, mm-hmm. But he's also going to be a guardian. He's a very fascinating character as well. Let me tell you his origin. And this is not okay. his actual origin in the GX book. This is his actual origin from MLM Comics 25, 30 years ago when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Okay. I loved Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And I had a book called Creatures to Kill. 
And mm. in that book called Creatures to Kill, it was all about this guy with bionic attachments that would go kill Frankenstein-type creatures, vampires, werewolves. It was a very kiddie story, but gory, because, you know, we were in fifth, sixth grade, pretty gory <laughs> for our age. Well, this guy became Metallic Man later in my comics. The same guy that was in Creatures to Kill with the bionic attachments, I just added more to him and made him into a guy called Metallic Man, and I drew a few issues of that, stapled it together, and you now that was my version of Iron Man. You know how Transformers has GoBots, the knockoff mm-hmm. version. Well, I don't know if mm-hmm. you call them knockoffs, but mm-hmm. they were their own mm-hmm. thing. So when it came time for GX, I wanted to bring in Metallic Man, but I'm like, man, I cannot do this. Mm-hmm. They'll think I'm totally biting off of Iron Man. Mm-hmm. So to add a totally different dynamic, I brainstormed and came up with, you know, he's the last survivor of his race. He woke up on his ship. He went back. He can't find his planet. They're one of the most advanced races in the universe. They live for 15,000 years at a time. He's been searching galaxies for thousands and thousands of years, looking for any trace of his people. Can't find it. Mm. But he has a mobile suit, like an Iron Man type suit. So I kind of made the suit secondary and put all that other stuff in the front. But that is going to be one of his main attributes is when he's not on his ship, obviously, he's going to have that type of capabilities that Iron Man suit would have. Mm -hmm. So uh, mobile suit. I'm a big Gundam fan, too. So Mm -hmm. cool. Cool. Now, the first issue came out in March. And, of course, it's available now. As we said, you can go to InsaneComics.com and go to the store and look up GX. And you'll see it there. You can buy it either digitally or paper copy. And you, you make that choice before you get into the different comics. But yeah. So th- those are all available to you. Are you going to conventions at this point? Yes. Uh, as I said earlier, yeah. Tidewater Con at the end of the month, mm-hmm. um, which has come one of the bigger ones on the East Coast. So, yeah, I'm on the convention trail. I don't have much else set up for the summer. I'm mm-hmm. looking for more in the fall. I want to wait until after GX number two comes out to hit okay. some more convention trails. Okay. So that's what I'm working towards now. Okay, so you're looking for the fall then for it to come. Do you have a specific month in mind when GX number two? GX number two is slated to be released on InsaneComics.com July, mid-July. Okay. So okay. It's, it's, in, you know, it's in the works now. I haven't started the coloring on it. Mm-hmm. Got some pencil work done. And I don't really ink my own stuff. I ink it just by multiplying levels, layers, levels, and adjustments mm-hmm. it's on the computer. So. Mm-hmm. Well, it's hard to believe it's your first book, honestly. It really ties together real nice. I didn't realize the 12th. That's why the chapter thing happened in it. It really holds together real nicely. I, I honestly think that there's, because of the tools that someone like you has available to you, you can make a book that looks just as good as many of the other comics that are on the stands today. And I think that that's a great accomplishment. Well, I will say this. The artwork, I was pretty happy with it. And the coloring, I was pretty happy with it. The lettering, I give myself about a 7 out of 10, maybe okay. 6.5. But when I received the copies, I mm-hmm. was very, very surprised at the quality of book that Insane Comics distributes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's amazing. The cover, it, it's, to me, it feels better than Marvel books. It feels better than any industry book. I mean, it's just a great paper. It's awesome. It's going to hold mm-hmm. up great for a long time. It's a wonderful book. I think you did a great job. And I thought I'd wrap it up by reading part of the description on the website. It says, this epic story takes you on a wild, action-packed adventure that will touch all of your emotions as it builds up to the climactic finish. Yes, which I will not be disclosing any details about. (laughs) We've got 36 issues to go. You're just getting started laying the groundwork right now. Well, Well, that's good. When I shot it to Image, Image mm-hmm. Comics, mm-hmm. they are the only ones that know how this thing is going to end. Besides, uh, even when I sent the submission into Insane Comics, after Image, after I didn't hear nothing back from Image, I left out the end. I did. Oh, I really did. Okay. I don't want anybody to know what's going to happen. But the don't folks at Image you. Comics do, so don't spoil it if you guys are listening. <laughs> no, I don't want to see any spoilers, guys. Um, no, no, no. You know who to go after if you find out somebody does the same kind of story you do. Ah, well, you know, it's a little more dynamic than that. So, I, I, you know, it's kind of hard to get all the details. I was pretty vague. When you try to explain 36 issues, you kind of have to be vague because you can't go into what's going to be in each of those issues or you'd be right. writing a book about it right then and there in right. submission. So I, I was kind of vague, but they do have the gist of how it ended. And I did give them the ultimate spoiler, which was what had me crying at the end. Um, oh. It's actually something that happens 
in the last issue, the very last issue of the series. So well, we've got to make it to issue 36 and able to find that because I really wanted to get to that. It's a great book, Michael. You're off to a great start, and you know I think Insane Comics is doing well by you. And I enjoyed reading it, and I'm waiting for issue number two. When it comes out in July, I'll be after it. So Well, I'll make Can't sure wait. you get a copy. Right now, if you're interested or anyone else out there is interested, we are running a Kickstarter for issue number two. Oh, so, when's it going to end? It will be ending June 27th. Oh, wow. That's a long one. Okay. Well, That's- really, the Kickstarter campaign is to try to reach a different audience, an audience that mm-hmm. really wants a product. They want indie books, and... Mm-hmm. It seems like this is the best way to get it out there. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I just got my first Twitter account, so I'm, I'm trying to get everything oh. out there. But, you know, I read an article somewhere that said, should we be considering Kickstarter as a major publisher? Yeah. I, I yeah, really I read that. did. I read that article, yeah. and I was like, wow, yeah. that's a good point. And, yeah, I read that, too, because in some levels, it's more than DC. Yeah. All the books that go through Kickstarter, and again, I like to po- always point out, I always rue the day that we didn't have Kickstarter because how many great stories did we not get because there wasn't a yeah. Kickstarter attempt? Yes. I will say that for social media and everything that social media has spawned, like Kickstarter. It has its good points. It has its bad points. But for creators and artists and writers, I really mm-hmm. think it's been amazing. If it wasn't mm-hmm. for Facebook, I wouldn't be drawn right now probably. I don't know. Well, go to kickstarter.com and look for GX, I'm sure. And to get the first issue, go to insanecomics.com and go to their store. And you can pick digital or a print version, and then you can get the GX in there. And so I think, Michael, you're doing a great job and off to a good start. So, man, keep it up. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Wayne, and I love everything you do over there. So you keep it up as well, sir, and look forward to the next time we can do this. Okay, we'll do that. Probably maybe when issue number two comes around, we'll try to chat again. All right. Sounds good. I'll make sure I get you a copy. Thank you so much. Okay, Wayne. That's a wrap for this episode. Be sure to be back next week when we'll have more interviews and other good things. But until then, keep reading your comics. 